boys, welcome back. Episode 74 of the Review Podcast. We're here Wednesday, June 2nd. I'm here. Seth the Fedora Man is here. And <laughs> that that's about it, as always. Seth, explain explain why the hat choice. <laughs> okay, well, I was up here in the room of the garage. Didn't feel like going downstairs to grab a different hat. And this was over here. This hat was like, I did not buy this hat. My dad and I, so my dad and I have been to all 30 MLB ballparks or, well, I shouldn't say all 30. We've been to a home ballpark for all 30 MLB teams. We haven't been to the new Texas ballpark yet. That's the only active ballpark that we haven't been to. Um, But we went to the old Texas one before they moved over. Um, And so on the trips, obviously, you know, you go to the games or whatever, and, you know, games have giveaways, right? Because that's just how baseball works, right? And this, when we were in Houston, this was the giveaway. So we had this ridiculous thing going because that was the same. So on the same trip we did, we started out in Arizona, right? This was the last trip that we did. This was just to clean it up, you know, fit, the very last one that we needed to do. Went to Arizona. The Mets had a four-game series against Arizona. So we saw the Mets play all three of those games. Or the last, Sorry, the last three of those four games. The Sunday one was on Father's Day, right? So they were doing their Father's Day giveaway where they have these really ugly but awesome Hawaiian shirts that are like Diamondbacks Hawaiian shirts. And then we flew to Colorado. The Mets played four games against Colorado. We We went to all four of those games. And then I forget where the Mets went next, but we went to Houston after that. And then the giveaway in Houston was the fedora. So we have these really <laughs> ugly fedoras. And then we also have really ugly Hawaiian shirts from the that, same trip. That's awesome. I wish I wish I knew that you were going to be rocking the fedora because I would have grabbed the hat I wore a few episodes ago. And we would have been twinning. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the big one like with a the like, loser. straw hat that you had or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, my straw hat. Yeah, my female straw hat. I would have <laughs> I would have rocked that had I known. But I don't know. It is what it is. Hey, man, you uh, <laughs> got to rep the, uh, the college football stream, man. Yeah, that's true. I am wearing my time. I mean, granted, this isn't the team that I'm known for, but uh, we had a, we had a good run. <laughs> most recently, right? Um, Yeah, because I, I, I after Texas, it kind of from the stream kind of stopped. College football season ended, so there was no point in like, doing right, that anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was talking with Lynch the other day. Those were fun days. Like that, that, that string of like two months in like the dead of winter, like we all like not you, but like I had COVID Lynch had COVID carp had COVID. So we weren't, we weren't doing any in-person content. So I was like, it's a pretty good time to do a live stream so we can still bring everybody together in real time and like have people watching too. And like we had a good amount of people in there a lot of times and it became like a thing. Those were fun days getting on the streams every night that that season at Iowa, the, the first two seasons at Iowa. Cool, man. I will just I will never forget that like till the day I die, really, like it was so fun to be doing that in in this time. People had nothing to do. People weren't going anywhere. We'd hop on at like seven thirty, eight o'clock every night. I'd have the the big tropical hat sombrero on sometimes my sunglasses and it just we meant fucking business. You know, those were like the days I'll bring it back in college football season. But, you know, that, that was, it was a good time. But, yeah, my text, I'm not known. Boomer isn't known for the uh, for the Texas, like, era. He's an Iowa. Right. You know, everyone remembers Boomer Oakley for his Iowa days. But, yeah, uh, I, I produced a Heisman Trophy winner at Texas. Not a big deal. Um, and, yeah, people also don't know this, but my dog, I have a dog. 
like I recent, I guess it's not recent anymore, but I got a dog like around the time that I was doing the streams and his name is Oakley because oh of my Boomer God. Oakley. Did you actually? That's awesome. So people like don't know that people are like, how, why'd you name your dog Oakley? Is it because of the sunglass brand? I'm like, no, it's at like Boomer Oakley existed before my dog Oakley. Boomer Oakley was started before that. It was just a name I like came up with in my head, like Boomer Oakley, Boomer O. And I started at UCF in like July of last summer. And then I, it really hit its peak when I got to Iowa. And that's when we were like in like October, November, December, when we were streaming every fucking night. Yeah. And then I went to Texas around New Year's, did about a month of that. And then college football season ended. But yeah, people don't know that my dog is named after the fictitious video game character that TBR created. That's so cool. That's actually awesome. Yeah, some nice little uh, piece of information for you there. That might appear in when trivia ever comes back on the podcast. That might appear in a trivia someday. Who knows? Uh, we got to start trivia again too. There's a lot of shit yeah, that like, no, we right? did that like. I mean, it's pl- I get it. It's playoffs for the Bruins. It's wiffle ball. So like our our content focus is there right now. But yeah, well, I can't. We can't forget our roots, and our roots most definitely lie within trivia and college football. Just those two subjects. But yeah, cheers to the Longhorns. Hook them. I miss all of you. I will be back at some point to do more streaming. That being said, it's it's NHL playoffs. That's been the topic of every episode for like the past month. We have to talk about this. Let's start with the final series of the first round that wrapped up. We kind of touched on it a little bit last episode, but we were in a hurry trying to get to the game. Ferula was here spewing some nonsense that I don't even... I don't, God knows where he was going with any of it. Um, I blame Ferulo for the loss, <laughs> not going to lie. Do you actually? <laughs> yeah, it was his fault. He was the one bringing the negative energy into the building. That's true. That's true. For, I I will never subscribe to the like jinx thing when it comes to like just rooting for a team. Like yeah. It'd be one thing if I said, like, there's no way the Bruins lose tonight, and then they lose. I'd be like, okay, maybe a little bit of a jinx. But... I can sit here and say I think this team is a Stanley Cup contender. Like what? Like what? And for those, I said that I think I think this team's gonna go to the Stanley Cup. Frodo goes, okay, okay, okay. Like you can't say that. Like why can't I say that? Like I am a fucking like you know hockey guy. Uh, yeah. Can I like say these things? I don't. I I don't know. So we're gonna say them now. Uh, let's talk Leafs, Canadians. Final series to wrap up the first round, the the crazy out there, complete like no way it's going to happen again happened. And I don't know if I did, but I feel like a long time ago on this very podcast, when we were talking NHL, like at the beginning of the season, I think I said like the Maple Leafs still won't make it out of the first round because everyone was like cut. Everyone immediately, when the divisions came out and that North division came out, only Canada, everyone immediately, Stanley Cup. That Everyone said the Leafs were going to the Cup. Like, oh, yeah. you got to be scared of the Leafs. You know, they're number one in the North division. They're going to the Cup. And I just knew all along that this was going to happen. Seth, even if they did get out of the first round, they weren't making it past Winnipeg. No, I mean, in my bracket, I had Edmonton beating them in the second round. Yeah. I, like, I, I had Edmonton winning first round and then beating toronto second round so i mean i did not think that toronto was gonna make that i mean they're the same team that they've always been right like it's it's 
I mean, what's the cap? Like 80 something million right now? They're an 80 million something cap team, whatever it is, and they're spending 60 million on forwards. Yep. Like, (laughs) and not only that, they're spending 22 million on forwards that are producing two points in seven games. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, what I don't understand is you had it, it was not working. You were giving up too many goals, and goaltending was an issue. What do you do to remedy it? Give William Nylander a massive contract, give Mitch Marner a massive contract, and then you sign John Tavares to like a $12 million deal. Right. You let Morgan Riley, or not Morgan Riley, who was it that walked? Is Morgan Riley out of there now? I'm trying to remember. Someone, um, they let a Gar- Jake Gardner? I mean, Gardner wasn't great, but I mean, he was still. I mean, I, I know that that's a Maple Leaf. So, did Morgan Riley leave? I don't even. Why am I spacing? Uh, no, I think he's still there. I think you're right that it was Gardner. But like, and as much as Gardner like wasn't a great defenseman, he was still better than like most of what they had. And then what? Like, what else do you do? You you sign an old, old Joe Thornton. You sign Wayne Simmons, who like. You know, did he even play? I don't even know if he played, but not the worst <laughs> signing I've ever seen. But also, he's no Philly Wayne Simmons, right? Let's right. Then you have Jake Muzzin, who's 32, so he's not that old, but like that's old for an NHL defenseman. He's still not great, and you know, ended up being out for. You know, I think he. I don't even know if he played in Game Seven, but because he had a. He got hurt in game six, but like they did nothing in my opinion to remedy the defense. They ended up getting lucky and getting a hot rookie goaltender. And what did I say on the pod before the game? I said, I'm going to take the team that has the better goaltending. And what did it turn out? One of the best goaltenders in the league won the series. That's just how it works, right? If you cannot Stop the other team from scoring. This is the big difference between hockey and basketball. Basketball is about a bucket. If you can score in basketball, it doesn't matter what your defense is as long as you outscore the other team. In hockey, you cannot win unless you stop the other team from scoring. Defense is way more important in hockey than it is in basketball. And they don't have defense. They tried to go with the basketball method of, oh, we'll just score a bunch of goals. But then that all falls apart when someone on your top line can't score. Yeah. I just think it just doesn't work. I don't want to discredit the Tavares injury and say that he wasn't a big deal. But take a look at this team. Take a look at this team. He goes down in game one. You would think on paper that they'd be all right. Yeah. Like, obviously, your captain goes down. That's like a leader in the locker room like that. Like you have that aspect of it. But from a talent perspective, you would look at this lineup where you had the first and fourth leading goal scorers in the NHL. You have William Nylander, who's playing out of his mind. He's playing out of his contract. He really is. Like, he, if anybody showed up, it was him. Uh, you have this stellar rookie goaltender in Jack Campbell, where for years before, you you couldn't get Freddie Anderson to save a beach ball. You finally have a guy who you think is going to bring you on a cup run in his rookie season. And by the way, rookie goaltenders who just catch fire all of a sudden have proven successful in the Stanley Cup playoffs in recent history. So you'd think that losing John Tavares wouldn't be that big of a deal for this team. You'd think, all right, yeah, it's definitely going to hurt, but they're all right. 
They've got Marner. They've got Matthews. They've got Nylander. They've got, you know, other veteran guys like Foligno, Simmons, uh, Thornton, who have been around, Muzzin even, have been around teams in the playoffs before, have made cup runs, know what it's about, who could step into that role. I mean, Foligno and, and Thornton were captains, right? Uh, not uh, on the Leaf, but on the per- previous teams. Joe Thornton yes. was a captain before he got stripped of the captaincy. Uh, and demoted to an A. Nick Foligno was the uh, captain in Columbus, I believe. Right. Yeah. So the like you've got two captains on your roster. Previous, your captain John Tavares goes down. Like you'd assume that that leadership locker room role of it all w- wouldn't. You know, obviously there's a there's a gaping hole there. But like look at the Bruins in in 2011, the way they all rallied around the Horton injury. You'd think that some of your older veteran guys would fill that void and be like, all right, we're going to miss him. It sucks. We're praying for him. But but like we've got a series to go and win. And like we have the talent to do it. Let's have the mindset to do it. The fact that they go up three one as the number one seed in the North division and lose to the Canadians was for me, the icing on the cake for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that this team gets completely disbanded this year. They're going to break it down part by part. You're going to see a lot of guys go. You're going to see a lot of guys come in, come out. You're going to see a lot of changes at different positions. I wouldn't be shocked to see Marner or Matthews gone. If not both of them, Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see surprised to see Matthews gone. Matthews. I would be very surprised to see gone and then the only i would not be surprised to hear about them shopping marner but i think it's gonna be really hard to get rid of him with that contract because if he you know no one's gonna care if you score 40 goals in the regular season if you can't produce come playoffs right uh, you know we don't care they're at a point in their careers too where there, there really is no excuse for it anymore. You see right. guys who came up in their, you know, same age as them, same draft class as them. I understand that, you know, when you're a young top pick, it's going to take a few years for you to kind of get that playoff experience. And that's why there are guys on this team like Joe Thornton, like Nick Foligno, like John Tavares to kind of lead these guys. But they've been to the playoffs the past four seasons now. They were 2020 bubble. They were in the playoffs. This year, they were in the playoffs. 2019, they played the Bruins. 2018, they played the Bruins. I don't know what they did beyond that, but I don't think it's relevant because Martin and Matthews wouldn't have been in the picture at that point anyway. Um, but you're four eight years now, your team playoffs, and and you know, you're not just like a, a young team that was getting bullied by these older guys. You took Boston to seven games two years in a row. You just had a seven-game series with Montreal. I'd call it enough experience at this point to to put it on Marner and Matthews. I think that 2018 and 2019, you could say like still a young team. These guys are still young, even though they were producing in those years. Um, ironically enough, they produced more in those years than they are now. Um, but yeah, like you said, at a certain point, fuck the regular season. If you can't get it done come playoff time, then your value is just going to start to kind of sink. And that's what I see with these guys. I look at I, I look at the way that they played in this playoff series and I'm like, who the hell are these guys? You know, like th- this, literally the leading goal scorer in the NHL, like should figure it out. Look at I love we love to make Bruins analogies on this podcast, but look at David Pasternak. Same kind of age range, same kind of play style, like kind of that same came out of that same draft era. He's like leading point scorer in the playoffs of the Bruins. I mean, obviously, like, you know, this playoffs, you have your guys but, like Marshan, you have your guys like Bergeron, but like 
he's a reliable guy to get a point, to get a goal, to get an assist, to make a play. I just don't see that from anyone in Toronto. Well, so two things, too. To go back to your point about they should have been okay with Tavares gone, if you take away Tavares' goal-scoring production this year, the Maple Leafs would still, they were sixth in goals scored this year. They were two goals behind the Panthers um, for fifth. If you take away his goals, they're tied for 13th. So they're still a top team, you know, a top 15 team, you know, top half the league in scoring. But you just lost to a team in Montreal that had a negative goal differential. They gave up seven more goals in the regular season than they scored. Yeah. And then to go to your point about Pasternak, he was not producing at the start of that Washington series. Right. And what did he do towards the end? He turned it on. Yeah. Right, We saw him all of a sudden become better. I mean, I was sitting there watching, like, t- take this most recent game against the Islanders, the Bruins, which we're going to get to in a minute anyway. He, at one point, had more hits than he did shots on goal. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> was using the, the thing with Pasternak is he will have bad games. But he will turn it around. It only took him, you know, two or three games to be like, okay, I know exactly what's going on with me. I'm going to figure this out. And then he turned it on and they blow out the Capitals for the rest of the series. And then they destroy the Islanders in game one of that series. Right. So the big thing that, you know, and possibly only gets paid like what, six million a year, six and a half, whatever his contract is. If you're going to get paid eleven million dollars. If you're going to have a letter on your jersey, you cannot show up in the playoffs against a team that gave up more goals than they scored in the regular season and score one goal or no goals. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. It can't happen. Even so, like that example, you you need to be a player that if you're the most dominant part of your game is not there on any given night that you have something else that you can fall back on to still be a contributor in the playoffs. So like David Pasternak, I give him credit. He's become a physical player. Like he, he, he's throwing his body around. Like you don't really anticipate these, these types of players in his position to, to be throwing their body around like that and to, to kind of take on the physical aspect of the game, but he does it when he needs to, He, he didn't have a great game too. Um, I don't think anybody on the Bruins really shined for the first two periods. I think it was a it was a third period effort from everybody. But Pasternak, you know, amidst a struggling offensive game, was still able to to make a difference. I don't think Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews have anything that they can fall back on. It's either like, all right, you're putting up points or it was a bad game. I think that's how people characterize them. It's like, you know. We're sitting here saying David Pasternak wasn't producing at the beginning of that Washington series, turned it on. But, you know, he's still a name that comes to mind when you think like guys who have made a difference. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are getting obliterated by the hockey media and the hockey Twitter world because they couldn't put points up on the board. Nobody's even talking about the other aspects of their game. No one's like, oh, but at least they were forechecking hard. They were backchecking hard. They were in on every puck. They were making plays. They were getting in open space. No one's even talking about that because they're characterized as players who need to produce. And if they, if they don't put points up on the board, then they just didn't have a good game. So that's the issue in Toronto. I think them losing the series to the Canadians is the nail in the coffin for me. I think you have a, a pre 2004 Boston Red Sox nightmare on your hands right now in Toronto, where they 
cannot win a playoff series. I was watching a video, and granted, I don't like the guy, that Steve Dangle guy who does YouTube videos for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just I don't like him. He's like an annoying, cringy, like PG Leafs fan um, who, you know, types of people to swear saying like, gosh, darn it. And, you know, all that mm-hmm. like r- really cookie cutter. I don't like him, but I was watching his Leafs reaction to them losing game seven in the Canadians. And he goes, I've been doing these Leafs videos for like 10 years now on YouTube. And he goes, I have yet to make a second round video. Like that's sad that this this Toronto Maple Leafs team has been in the playoffs so many times. Take out the big cup drought that they're on. Look at their last five playoff series where they were there in game sevens. They were there in tight series and they can't make it out of the first round. I really think four to one with 10 minutes left against (laughs) the Bruins. They're up four to two with like five minutes left against the Bruins. Right. And then they got it overtime and they still lost. I think I think 2013 did them in. Like go I through mean, the it's, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're like I looked up there like oh and something they haven't won an elimination game in like forever. They yeah. they are like have the worst game seven record of all time. Like I, I really think that this team is just like they're haunted by the ghosts of their past, the Nazem Kadri's, the Phil Kessels, the Cody Francis, the James Rymers, all the the you know souls from that 2013 team them losing that game seven in the fashion that they did i really think it's a big contributing factor will we ever see toronto get out of the first round ever again i think it's going to become one of those it already is a running joke but i i literally think that this was the nail on the coffin you could make excuses for them in previous years you could say all right unbelievable comeback in 2013 in game seven you know once in a lifetime kind of thing like there was magic in the air that night that Bruins team was a lot better than that Maple Leafs team to begin with can make an excuse in 2013 2018 I think the Bruins were just better I don't think the Bruins were the best team coming out of the division at all but I think the Bruins were just better than the Maple Leafs and they just played better than them in game seven so you can make the excuse there, Marner, Matthews, still young, like whatever. They're still a young team. They're still developing. They don't necessarily have the goaltending to back them. You can make the excuse there. 2019, you can make the same excuse. You lost to the team that went to game seven in the Stanley Cup. So, you know, you didn't lose to like the Blue Jacket. You didn't get swept by the Blue Jackets like the Lightning did. You lost to the team that went to the Stanley to game seven in the Stanley Cup. And again, they were still young. They didn't have the goaltending to back them. They didn't have the defense to back them. I remember they were injured. I think Jake Muzzin was banged up in that series. You can make the excuse. I don't even know who they played in the bubble. I Bubble playoffs for me are just such a joke. They shouldn't have even counted. Um, who did they play last year? I don't remember. No idea. They, they Let's look it up just for the sake of the rant. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs. 2020 playoffs. They played the Blue Jackets? Yeah, they played the Blue Jackets and lost in what looks to be five, one, two, three, four, five. What looks to be five games. Yeah, I don't even remember that series happening. Um, But apparently the Blue Jackets beat the Maple Leafs last year in in. In five games? Was this a shortened series? It 
it looks like the Blue Jackets only won three games. Yeah, this was a best of five. When? In early August. It was a best of five series between the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets won in five games. Just like a play-in or something? I don't even remember this happening. Did they make the the opening round best of five last year? No, because we beat the Hurricanes in five. This must have been a play-in, some type of... Well, but the play-in play was a... Oh, you're right, because what happened was there was... It, oh, okay, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I remember now. So the Bruins were in the top four, right? It was the Bruins, Washington, Philly, and Tampa. The Bruins came in with the number one record then lost all, all three the game. seeding games and ended up with the fourth seed. But they only did those seeding games at that time because the rest of the league was doing the five-game play-in series, which is how the Rangers ended up with the first overall pick. Because what oh, happened was, right. because of the way the lottery worked out, the... um number one overall pick went to like the 10th it was like team yeah d or whatever right it was like that all the letters and stuff because they did the lottery before those series seeding games had finished i remember yeah that's right (laughs) and then the rangers lost their series and then it was like four or five it was like four teams i think that ended up having an equal shot at being team d and then the Rangers won that second lottery. That's right. So I remember every other team, like in the, they had a bunch of teams in the lottery set. And then, yeah. and then it was like, and we don't know because like, why don't you just do it after the playoffs? Right. That's what everyone was like. It was like, yeah. So I don't remember that series. So I can't attest to whether or not we can make excuses for the Maple Leafs. I think everyone gets well, a pass here's the last thing. year. I don't the think bubble. you're, I don't think you can make the, the goaltending excuse. Because here's the thing, at a certain point, you can't just keep making the same excuse because we can sit here and make the goaltending excuse dating back the past 10 years, right? right. How do you, how do you blow yeah. a game seven when you're up four to one? Goaltending. Yeah. It doesn't matter how the guys in front of you are playing. If you have a crappy goaltender who chokes... Do yeah. you remember shouting I, Anderson yeah. in oh, 2019? Yeah. Like, yes, I do. Yes, and 18. Yes. I'm just saying you can make excuses for these teams. And, and, and granted, each year it goes on, the excuse gets less and right. less. But later. The, issue, like, the issue is that they're making excuses. They're not. Right. They're making excuses instead of taking accountability. If right. they were to take accountability, they would look at it and say, Reimer's a crappy goaltender. Anderson is a choke artist. We need a different goaltender to lead this team. Which, to their credit, they kind of did this year, except for the fact that it was a rookie goaltender. Yeah, that they figured out was good, like not at the start. <laughs> and so like, had, this guy was not pinned to be the starter. Barely any NHL experience. Then he's all of a sudden thrown into the playoffs. Now, granted, obviously St. Louis had Bennington and that once, but he was shaky throughout that entire playoffs and. Barely got them because remember the Bruins were down three to two in that series. They were up two to one, then down three to two, and then they won Game Six in St. Louis. Yeah. Came back for Game Seven, and then Bennington managed to stand on his head for that game. 
but there were games in there where they looked where he looked awful. So rookie oh my goaltenders God, yeah. are like you do not trust a rookie goaltender in the playoffs ever. It's just that he got lucky, and right. you just can't you can't rely. The, the big thing with St. Louis was they had it on both ends. They had forwards that were scoring up and down the lineup. They were a gritty team, and they had the defense, right? Because you have Petrangelo. I think they had – did they have Falk at that point too, or was Falk yeah, after that? Um, Falk might – I think Falk was well, actually Falk on the Hurricanes 20. still, right? Right, yeah, and then when 2020 they got them. Him. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, even without Falk, they still have Who's that tall of- fuck who scored – was it Coburn? The t- who scored the game two overtime winner in Boston, the tall defenseman? I don't remember. Let me look it up. Like he, I, I remember that whole but series. Bottom like line, is, it, bottom line is, is that they had a good decor in front of him. Yes. Toronto did not have a good decor in front of their rookie goaltender. Colton Pareko. Like, yeah, Pareko. Yeah, he's dirty. He's like yeah. he's actually a pretty solid defenseman. That's yeah. a big one, right? Like why, why was they, had, <laughs> they had Alex Petrangelo, who became the premier defenseman in a free agent class and has been one of the best of like he's been a top five to ten defenseman in the league for the majority of the past what six, seven years. Right. Yep. So you had one of the best defensemen in the league. You had a really good supplementary just five guys around him, it made sense that they managed to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They were the 2011 Bruins. Yes. Yeah, they absolutely. Were, they were. We we were the Canucks in 2019. They, they were the hard-hitting, physical, gritty team that just wouldn't lose. And we were the flashy, younger, goal-scoring team. Uh, and uh, not that that's a formula to, to lose a Stanley cup or that the blues team is a formula to win. It just so happened that it was very similar to how the 2011 Stanley cup unfolded. I think in the case of the Toronto Maple Leafs though, you are literally out of excuses. Now you are at the point now where you, you can't, you can't say like, ah, tough one, like blame it on X, Y, and Z. And just go on with your day and like keep the same team next year and just hope that you guys are going to get out of the first round. I I really don't know that I'll see a Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup in my lifetime. I'm I'm convinced of it. And you could say like, hey, that's a little far fetched. You know, you're only 18 years old. This this team's you know things change in the NHL. You got a long way to go. Yeah, but look at look at the Red Sox. Like it's happened 86 years. A long time, like like the Maple Leafs have already what? How many years have they already gone? Was it sixty seven? Was the last one? The Leafs have been. It's fifty five years, I think. When was? Boom! It was nineteen sixty seven. What a fucking shot! Nineteen sixty seven was the last time that the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. My dad wasn't even born yet, so in my dad's lifetime. He has grown up, seen the Bruins win three Stanley Cups, had a kid, had that kid grow up and see the Bruins win one. And while all of that was going on, the Maple Leafs still didn't win a Stanley Cup. I I don't know when they're going to win one. I really don't. I feel like, you know, when like you just know that it's like a team's year to at least make a deep run. 
I feel like it's just never been Toronto's year. They've never come into a playoff where you can legitimately say like, yeah, this team is good. Can can any meet person in hockey media realistically with a straight face say that let's say that they do win game seven? Were they actually a serious contender to go to the Stanley Cup? Probably not. Right. I think I mean, here, I think what Winnipeg? happened was probably not. Can you get past the avalanche? Probably not. Can you get past the Golden Knights? Probably not. Can you get past the Lightning? Probably not. Can you get past the Bruins? Probably not. I I just don't so think my it's thing ever been their year. I don't year. think they ever deserved to be considered cup contenders, right. right? Because you had an already weak Canadian division and that they dominated it. Rightfully so. They should have dominated that division. But if you go into a normal year, I don't think that they end up being... You know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened, but they'd be a bubble playoff team. I think they'd be lucky to slide into the wild card. I just don't think that they had it like that. And I think that, I mean, so you look at, you know, the North Division, right? So they ended up with 77 points in a significantly weaker division. The Bruins had 73, right, playing eight games against the Penguins, eight games against the Capitals, eight games against the Islanders, a bunch against a Rangers team that was severely underrated, right? They played very well this year, 60 points. And then you look at the Lightning, the Lightning got 75 points. They would have been in third place in the East if they were in the East. Without Kucherov and Stamkos for the entire year. So you're going to sit here and tell me that Toronto would have been higher up in the standings than the Bruins. You're telling me that they would have been higher up in the standings than the Lightning. Or they would have been higher up in the standings. I mean, I I guess they probably would have finished third in the division, let's be honest. I mean, Canadians weren't going to beat them. They would not have been better than the Bruins or the Lightning. It's just a fact. And so if you weren't going to be the best team in your division, how, like, how is that possible that if in a normal year they wouldn't have been in the best team in the division that we can consider them a cup contender? I think Did that... I think that they had a realistic <laughs> chance of winning their division this year and being one of those final four playoff teams? Absolutely. Because it's, especially after Edmonton got swept, because I don't think that Winnipeg is better than – like I think Winnipeg would have been competitive with Toronto, but I think that Toronto should have beaten them. Would they have gone to play them in the second round? Yeah. But to but say I think, I think that Winnipeg a team them, that, yeah. I mean, look from a points standpoint, the Hurricanes were better than them. The Panthers were better than them. You can give the Lightning the edge because it's literally two point difference, and they were playing without their two best players. Right. The Penguins were tied with them. The Capitals were tied with them. The Avalanche and Golden Knights both had more points, and the Wild had two less points than they did. And then, you know, that's it. That's the other three divisions, right? So you're telling me that we really thought that they were going to be better than the Avalanche, better than the Golden Yeah, no. Better than the Penguins, better than the Capitals, better than the Bruins, better than the Hurricanes, better than the Panthers, and better than the Lightning? I just named, like, nine teams right there yeah. that. All of them are realistically better than the Maple Leafs. And when and we media, break it down like this, it seems so fucking simple to say, like, oh, obviously this team isn't. But wh- why on earth it, are people in hockey and hockey media so, like, delusional about the Toronto Maple Leafs? 
If they were a serious cup contender, they should have won the president's trophy this year. You were playing in the weakest division in hockey. No competition up there. The Canucks were like a JV team at one point. They had no players. Like the the Maple Leafs should have should have ran the table and gotten like 85 plus points if they were a serious cup contender. But they just weren't on the same level. They aren't on the same level and they weren't on the same playing level as a Boston Bruins who came in third. A New York Islanders who came in fourth in their division. They just the Islanders would have blown the Maple Leafs out of the water. They did it to the Penguins in six. Like they would have blown them out of the water. The Bruins would have would have had their way with them. They did it to the Capitals in five. So it's just they're laughing stock. They are. And every time someone in hockey media, these idiots who open their mouths and try to say that the Maple Leafs are a serious contender. Let's see him survive the first round first, people, because to do four first rounds in the playoffs, I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs have it in them. They haven't seen more than seven games in, in a given playoff year ever. So for them to to have to go in and win 16 and probably play in more just doesn't seem fathomable for me in the in the near or far future. I think this team is an absolute joke and um, fuck them. I don't like them. I never have. And I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys that like I don't just want my team to win. I want my team to win and I want our rivals to lose. Uh, and I want them to lose badly. And they just blew a three, one lead to our bitter rivals. And I couldn't love it more. Who would have thought I'd be happy for the Canadians coming back down three, one to win a playoff series. I know, right. It was unreal. Crazy. Yeah, granted, really the rivalry's bad. dead, but you know, oh. it is what it, it just is. It just is. The, the Canadians haven't, haven't been able to beat the Bruins since 2014. The rivalry's just dead. I think yeah, all sports fair. rivalries are kind of dead, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think on my note from last episode, I think sports are soft um, and rivalries just don't exist anymore. I yeah, don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Like, what's a huge Red Sox Yankees is definitely dead. Even yeah, when they Sox played Yankees each other in the playoffs in 2018, just didn't have the same juice. I just yeah, think that sports rivalries are dead. This year, both of the team, you know, both of the teams are in the top of the division this year, so hopefully they'll be better. But like, Mets I mean, even, even when they're good, even when these teams are both good, like Mets, Phillies, Red Sox, Yankees, it just doesn't have that same kind of yeah. that it once did. It's tough. I mean, that, well, I mean, part of the problem too is that they've cracked down so much on like, like hockey. The, the, how much they've cracked down on fighting is the issue, right? Because, like, think about it. The only reason that I hate anybody in the league right now is if they play dirt. Like, I only don't like the Capitals because of Tom Wilson, right? Like, I don't like the Islanders right now because we're playing them in a series. But once the series is over, I'm not going to care, yeah. right? Like, it's getting rid of fighting was an issue because there's no, like, there's no like physical beat down, I guess, where it's, you know, the, the teams get rough with each other because now there's no incentive to like get physical with the other team. It just doesn't, you know, you're not going to shift the, the, the momentum by fighting anymore because it, you know, it doesn't happen. They just stop it. Like there's no, there's no good, like I miss enforcers. I miss when you would show up to a game and Sean Thornton would go at it with someone on the game. Like, Bruins Canadians meant there were going to be eight fights in a game. That's yep. what it meant. There were just be an unreal amount of fights because the teams hated each other's guts. 
They hated each other so much. Like, it didn't matter if that kid, like, if the Bruins had a kid that grew up in Montreal and was a huge Canadians fan growing up, the second he put on that black and gold, it was screw those guys in red and white. Yeah. That's just what it was. And now it's just gone because fighting's out of the game. And you look at baseball, like, I mean, part of the issue is just because of how, I I mean, it's weird because of, and I feel like the, the issue might be the no salary cap because you look at it and it's, you know, the Yankees always have been kind of on top of this, but then the Sox are that weird team where it's like they win the world series. And then all of a sudden they're in last place the next year. Yeah. So you just don't have these sustained and, and like, even with the Yankees, the Yankees are always top three in payroll, but then all of a sudden they, you know, are, are really bad teams. Like you think about it, like the Yankees struggled to get out of the first round a lot of years. I mean, they haven't been to the world series. Sounds since familiar. Played <laughs> Phillies, right? Like it's been, you know, forever since they last were in a world series last were competitive for one. Right. So it's, you sit here and you look at baseball and it's just because these teams go up and down and up and down so much that, you know, the games aren't competitive anymore. I mean, yeah. I haven't sat down. Like I want the Mets to beat the Phillies every single time they play them because I remember growing up and just hating the Phillies. And this year there's a little bit of extra because one of the Phillies pitchers kind of threw at the Mets players. And so there was a little bit of a beef and the bench is almost cleared that type. So like there was a little bit of stuff there, but that was really more with one specific player than it was with the team. Like, I remember when, um, oh, what was his name? So, Frank Corr, Jeff Frank Corr on the Phillies used to play for the Mets, right? And then the Mets had a pitcher on the mound whose name I forget, but he doesn't play anymore because he was trash. And he quick pitched a guy. And for, so, Frank Corr got up out of the dugout and was like shouting at him. And he was like, he didn't care that he yeah. used to play for the Mets. He was like, it's Mets Phillies. He's going to take issue with something, you know? So, it's, right. there's a lot of, you know, I miss the, like, we need another malice at the palace. That's really what we need. Yeah. Because, like, something like that, where it's, like, the, just the players aren't as buddy-buddy anymore. That's and the issue. teams yeah. just hate each other. Because it's, like, you know, you're not, you don't want, and, like, do I blame the players for being buddy-buddy? No. It's the culture that they've grown up in now. Because they've got these, you know, and it's not, it's not, this thing, people talk about it the most with the NBA, because of how dominant AAU is with basketball. But travel leagues exist for all sports other than really yeah. football, right? So, you know, it's just kind of the culture that kids nowadays have been brought up. In. So you can't really blame the kids because the, the way it works now is if you want to go pro, you have to go to college. If you want to go to college, you have to go to a good high school. If you want to go to a good high school, you have to play AAU. Right. Yeah. So you have to get noticed by doing these things. You know, when you play AU, you get exposed to all these different kids from all these different places. So, you, you know, you play them a bunch of times and you become friendly with them. And that's just how it works. Yeah. I, I mean, review episode 29. I I bashed the Little League World Series um, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, much like like you do during your podcasting career, you have to take issue with the Little League World Series. And I did. And um, I said that it was soft. <laughs> kind of the topic of like, you know, the, the topic of the day, right? Sitting down and watching the Little League World Series and seeing a bench clearing brawl. Yeah, but that, that never happens. 
That would no. be hilarious. A my bunch issue, of my issue is that you're teaching it. you're teaching self-esteem to these <laughs> not self-esteem. That's not the right word. My issue is that you're teaching camaraderie and like teamwork and like it's not whether you win or lose or how you play the game like that bullshit. You're teaching that to 10, 11 and 12 year olds in baseball. That the fuck is that? Like there's just no competition. Like in some of these little league world series players go on to play in the MLB. And now the principle is like, we're going to get along with everybody. Like that's, that's why the sports fucking suck now. And then it's just not fun to watch anymore. I just, I don't know. Go listen to episode 29. Uh, I, that was one of my better fucking rants too. I went off on the little league world series. <laughs> I was like, fuck the little league world series. These kids suck. I was like, because I think what had happened was um, uh, someone jacked a home run off of a kid and the pitcher like ran up to the kid running around the bases and like gave him a high five. <laughs> That's yeah. what had happened. And I got pissed at that. I think I said, I think I said, like, put him in a fucking Uber. Like, you're going, you're going home like that. You yeah. know, that's it. Game over. Game over. <gasps> like, that's it. When it, it, the day, if the day ever comes when granted, I haven't given up a home run and wiffle ball knock on wood in my career. If the day ever comes where someone hits a home run off of me and I prance over to them while they're running the bases and give them a high five, I will personally suspend myself from the wiffle ball league. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Someone just hit a home run off of you and you go up and give them a high five. What soft fucking soft league. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's enough about me on the little league world series. Before we get into the Bruins game, the Bruins, let's talk quick predictions for every playoff series in the second round, even though they've all gotten underway, except for one, uh, golden Knights avalanche, the golden Knights, with one of the greatest coaching moves of all time, bench their starting goalie who just won them a seven game series in game one yep. and get lit the fuck up by mm-hmm. the avalanche when they do so. So I'm assuming Flurry's going to be starting the rest of the way. What do you think? Who's going to win that series? I like Colorado in six. Um, I think if the Knights lose game two, that's it. They're done. Like, I think that'll be a five-game series if they lose game two. I don't see them winning both games at home in a row. Like, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, I think if Flurries can steal a game, then it'll go seven. Um, And then in a game seven, that's a real toss-up because Grubauer's had an unreal year. Um, I mean, Vezina finalist, right? So... You know, I I don't know that you can really pick either one of them to be, you know, like the better goalie. I mean, I'll take Flurry's experience maybe, but no, I think that Colorado has got that series. I think that they're going to, you know, I don't think that they're going to sweep it, but I think that they'll be able to win it pretty handily. And, uh, you know, I just <laughs> seven goals is unreal. I don't understand the move. To, like, why are you playing with your goaltenders? That doesn't make any sense to me. Probably the one Islanders of the craziest coaching decisions I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, like to, Islanders, it made sense to move from Sorkin to Varlamov, right? Like yes. it makes, uh, and it also makes sense. Varlamov was the starter at one point. Right, right. Leonard and Flurry really like, haven't been trading. To, I understand that Leonard was like well, unreal was, a couple years ago. Well, it was funny because they, they, he was in Buffalo or, and then got moved to Chicago. Then the Knights traded for him. 
Didn't and no, he no, no, be- whoa, 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 wait. I think he didn't he go to a long cup run with the Islanders and was a Vesna finalist. I think there's a I think he goes Buffalo and then New York. I think it was Buffalo. You're right. It was Buffalo, and New York. That's when they uh, beat the Penguins. Right. And he was a Vesna finalist and then signed on as a backup in but, Chicago. Well, but what was funny with that was because he signed on as a backup, but then Crawford was gone. Yeah. Right. So he was the starting goaltender, but then the Knights traded for him and he became the starter over Flurry. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Flurry regained the starting position. Right. Yeah. So that's that's how that one. So like up. I understand that you have two Vesna caliber goaltenders on that right. team. So like it wasn't like the Bruins going away from Tuca to start Halak or Swayman in a playoff game. It was like, all right, Leonard was de- is definitely a viable choice. Well, clearly in the long run didn't work out, but like. Why you take your Vesna finalist goaltender this year, who is the oldest of the bunch of those three Vesna finalists and the best. I think he's going to win flurry. He's had an incredible year. He has been on these playoff runs before he took this fucking team to the Stanley cup finals in their first year of existence. He has won Stanley cups before in his career. Why after a seven game series in which he won you that game seven, do you in game one decide to bench him and go to the backup? I understand people are going to say, oh, you know, it's Leonard, whatever. I don't care. That that was I, I think that was the sole reason why they lost that game was because you bench Flurry for Leonard. It's like, wh- what kind of decision is that? Like, what are you trying to rest him for what? So you can so Leonard can go in and give up. How many did they end up giving up? Six? Was it six one or seven one or something? It was seven to one. Seven one. So Leonard goes in and, and gets absolutely shelled. Like that's the that's the start to the series that you want if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Very weird coaching decision. Like I don't understand. I, I understand where people can try and defend it, but I don't see the rationale for it at all. I really don't. Um that being said, I think it's gonna be a lot closer of a series than people think. I think that Colorado's too inexperienced. Uh, they're too young. I think that they're way, there's too much hype around them and they're like, it's almost too easy for them to win. I think Vegas wins this series in seven. Uh, I understand that they struggled with Minnesota, um, late in that series. They were up three, one and almost blew it, but they, they clinched it in seven. Um, I understand that Colorado won the president's trophy. Uh, Seth, tell me the last time a president's trophy winner won the Stanley cup. Oh, exactly. I know. <laughs> exactly. No, it was recent. It was recent. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was. It's been in like the last ten years or something. Oh, okay, ten yeah. years. But yeah. No, I like like there was one random team who won the cup after being a Presidents Trophy winner, and where was it? So twenty twenty Tampa won twenty. It was the Blackhawks. In 2013, in a lockdown year, Um, eight times in league history has the president's trophy winner actually went on to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm sticking with the numbers. This Colorado team is is too young and it's too easy for them. Everyone's saying, oh, yeah, Colorado's the team to beat. I think I think the Vegas Golden Knights are coming out of the West. I think the team to beat is the team that. It's not really slept on, but coming in at a lower seat is the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Uh, I think the defending cup champions are going to be the toughest team to beat. I don't see any any issues with Colorado in terms of any of the remaining teams beating them. And that includes the team they're playing right now. I think Vegas is going to win in seven. The series is going to tighten back up. Flurry is going to come back in. He's going to hold these guys to goals. Yeah. Colorado looked really good against St. Louis, but they were supposed to look really good against St. Louis. Nothing out of the ordinary there. We shouldn't have expected anything different. A, a series sweep there was, was 1000% on the table. I think it was expected. Um, they haven't really gotten a test yet in the playoffs, whereas these other teams have gone, you know, Vegas has gone seven. You know, they've already gotten that test in the first round. Uh, a lot of these other teams, I'll just talk that side of the bracket right now because it's a lot of hypotheticals once you move away from the division. Um, Colorado hasn't been tested. And I think Vegas is going to be their first real test. If they survive Vegas, I think they'll go to the cup, but I still don't see them as serious cup contenders in terms of like winning the cup. Uh, but I think Vegas is going to win in seven. Okay. Central. Hurricanes, Lightning. Lightning are up two. That was the easiest fucking ML bet in history last night that I capitalized on. Lightning plus money on the line. Please. Uh, there were plus money to win that game? Yep. <laughs> like just, just outright, not 60-minute line, just outright. Yep, outright, straight up. Hurricanes were favored on the line. Easiest oh fucking bet in history. Literally. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's that was free money. We call that fronty. That was free money right into my pocket last night. I think I put 50 on it. Got 50 back. It's just so easy. Uh, it's just doubling my money, literally. Um, so I think the lightning sweep. Up I, they took two on the road from the hurricanes. You're going back to Tampa. I think they can sweep pretty easily. That was that was this Hurricanes team. Another another product of like uh, COVID bullshit divisions. Um, Carolina's just not the best team in that division. I actually think they were the worst team in that division. Or, or the worst of the four to make it. Um, Tampa, Tampa's the three seed, and they're having their way with the Hurricanes right now. People know that I'm so anti-Carolina Hurricanes. Um, it's just not good. They're fucking stupid. They're little celebrations or whatever. Like guys make it, you know, win, win for once, you know, they, the sliding all over the ice. They look like a peewee team. They're not good. Sebastian Ajo looks weird. Uh, Svechnikov is a little bitch. Trocek's a little bitch. Dougie Hamilton is the worst hockey player to ever play the game. Um, yeah, fuck Dougie Hamilton. I hate Dougie Hamilton. His stupid Muppet looking face. Such a fucking Muppet, that guy. Literally. Uh, their goaltending, they have three mediocre goaltenders. Um, Nishturk, what's the fucking starter's name? I can't even, like, what Nishturkin? is it? Shesterkin? No, Nes- no that, that not Shesterkin. It's like Nesterokin or Nestor, Kester. What, how do you say? Fucking Carolina, right? Hang on. Hurricanes. Carolina. Hurricanes. Nadelkovich. Nadelkovich. Nedeljkovic. It's Nedeljkovic. 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 Alex Nedeljkovic. He's your starter. Your backups are Peter Morazic and James Reimer. Uh, I just hate that team, and I can't wait for them to get swept by the Lightning. Granted, that means we're probably going to have to. Does anyone know if we're reseeding or not? We what? are. They, Final Four is reseeded. 
Okay, so we could end up playing a team from the West. We could play. So the um, so if the round slots out the way I so regardless of who wins in the Knights Avalanche series, whoever wins that is going to be the number one. That is foregone conclusion. Like does not matter. Right. Um. Then if the so hurricane, the lightning and the hurricanes, no matter who wins that series, they will be seated higher than the Bruins and um, the, okay. Oh, so we already know the seating. This is wild. Okay. So the winner of golden Knights avalanche is going to be the one seed. Yep. Then the winner of Hurricanes Lightning is going to be the two. Oh, so we are locked in to play them. <laughs> we are locked in to be the three. And yeah. then whoever wins Jets Canadians will be the will be four. the four. Fuck. So it doesn't there matter. There was some bouncing <laughs> there was some bouncing around that could have happened depending on the way the first round shook up. But because of the upsets that happened, the it's just we already So know, if you're a Bruins fan, you want the Hurricanes to win that series. Absolutely. Except not gonna happen. Not going to. I've got the lightning in four. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But you have the lightning in four. I have the lightning in four. I mean, here's the thing. You just won two straight games on the road, and they were not close. And now you're going home to a what should be a full capacity arena. I imagine. Like, yeah. how is Florida not already full capacity? That's what I don't understand. Right. Like, I saw something going when the Bruins had their first full capacity game. They said that someone there was like a graphic going around saying that um, it's the first full capacity NHL game in over a year and it's beautiful. And I was like, so Nashville didn't have full capacity. Carolina didn't have full capacity. Tampa never had full capacity. Dude, Florida hasn't had a mask mandate in like three months. I know. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that that wasn't. You know, maybe Tampa Bay is like a like that area is like super liberal or something. And so maybe that affected it. And so they were like that, like maybe the city of Tampa Bay had a mask mandate still. But I was like, I don't understand how none of these southern teams had full capacity yet. Like it just yeah. blew my mind that the Bruins was the first one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we both have lightning. Uh, Jets, Canadians. Your take. I mean, I'd be surprised if more than one goal gets scored in any of these games. It's awful matchup. Like, this is going to be the least entertaining it's so, matchup. Well, it's so boring to watch anyway, because, like, I'll say it. Like, sports without fans isn't sports. Like, I know that we were trying to bullshit ourselves and, like, lie to ourselves and say, like, oh, 10% capacity. Like, woo Like, sports are back. No. Fuck that. Being in the TD Garden for the last two games, sports are officially back now. So, you know, where we are literally at full capacity with 19,000 people not wearing masks in Boston, Canada is where we were like a year ago, where there's nobody in that stadium at all. It's just not fun to watch. Like, I will watch a Canadian team full game, three periods from the opening puck drop to the final whistle when they play on the road in a full capacity stadium, but I'm not going to watch this series religiously. 
It's just not fun to watch. And the competition is not good. It doesn't help that they suck. So, like you said, boring fucking series. But who do you have? Um, uh, oh, right. I guess Winnipeg. Yeah, like, it's I tough guess. to predict it because it's so horribly matched. I think it's, I think it's so very well matched so because they're bad. <laughs> I think that Price carried. Montreal through that series like without price I don't think Montreal wins and I don't know that he can do that again like I don't know that he can do that for a second series and I think that Hellebuck is you know I mean Hellebuck's been one of the best goaltenders in the league for the past couple of years so yeah I'll, I'll take Winnipeg I mean ugh, I'll, just, go, I'll go against you there I'll take the Habs um it's one of those picks where I picture them going on a little bit of a run here. Um, and I, I, I believe them more in a conference final. Or can you even call it a conference final? I believe them more in the round that's going to take place before the Stanley Cup finals than I do the Jets. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to ride the momentum of that comeback. And I actually think they'll win in six. I, I got Montreal in six. They'll win that game at home. Um, and they will go on to play, in my opinion, the Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights are going to win that. But, uh, yeah. All right. We made it. Last series. Um, thoughts about game two? Okay. I mean, we got fucked by the refs, right? Like, there's no yeah, ifs, ands, no or buts about, about it. It should have. So, I stand corrected. I... I we we had conversations obviously after the game. I said that the the Bruins won that game three to one. They won it three to two because they the Islanders scored on the pasta penalty and pasta was a clear penalty. Like he, yeah. yeah, he there was very clearly a penalty on pasta. Um, so the Bruins won that game three to two. Um, and you know, look, I am okay with Lawson getting hate. Because he has been bad. I don't like people fully blaming him for the loss. Because, you know, say what you want about the pass that deflected off Coyle's skate and led to the breakaway, whatever. They shouldn't have been an OT in the first place. And aside from McAvoy and not even that strongly on him, you can't sit down and tell me after watching that game that any of our defensemen had a good game. Riley literally could not catch a pass. Carlo was terrible. Bruins like in like seven passes that were just like, I was just like, what are you doing? McAvoy literally whiffed on a wrist shot that he was controlling the puck before. That wasn't a one timer. He wasn't receiving a pass, took it, waited a second and shot it. No, he had the puck was skating and whiffed on a wrist. Clifton actually might have been the only defenseman that never did anything that I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He was the only one, I think, that like I was like, OK, no, he was, you know, played totally sane. Um, but like I, I the refs just like, I don't under. So first off, with the Carlo penalty, I don't understand a how that's a penalty on Carlo. 
but B, if you were going to call a penalty on just the Bruins, how is it not on Lazar? Because to be fair, Lazar was, I think it was Eberly that he was jawing with. But like Lazar did kind of like punch him in the head a bunch. Right. And so like I yeah. felt like if you were gonna give anyone a penalty and only pick Lazar. a single person, it should have been Lazar, not Carlo. Yeah. Right? So like it, I I would have still been annoyed if the Bruins had gotten the only penalty on that play, but I was more annoyed that it was Carlo instead of Lazar. But then the Islanders were like ripping our helmets off multiple times and nothing got called. I mean, it, it just it, you sat there and watched that game, and I like I literally shouted at one point. I was like, "You might as well just put on a friggin' Islanders jersey." Like it was insane. Yeah. It was insane the calls that the Bruins were not getting, and then all of a sudden, how does DeBrusque get fined? Which I haven't seen the play, yeah. but according to people what was who that all seen about? it, it was like actually a penalty. Like it should have been called a penalty, and like he deserved to get fined for it. How how does the Islanders guy not get fined for the hit on McAvoy then? McAvoy yeah. got cross-checked in the back of the head. How is that not a fine or a penalty? Like, that should have been a penalty in the game. How is that not a fine after? Yeah, I saw that notification about DeBrusque. First of all, whoever the fuck is running the NHL, you know, fine system or whatever, you better back the fuck off, first of yeah, all, because I will fucking fine. Player safety already knows our opinions about player safety. Like, we've I, made that very clear. If, 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 you, if you as much... Give Jake to if you look at Jake the wrong way, I will fucking find you and I will make your life a living fucking nightmare. I, I, I I've never been more serious about anything in my life. You want to find him five thousand dollars for a cross check? Okay, let's play that game. I will literally cross check you across the face. I I'm not kidding. So back the fuck off. Secondly, yes. The refs were obliviously not calling anything against the Islanders and calling ticky-tack bullshit on the Bruins. And it was so maddening and frustrating to sit there and see it happen. And yes, I do think it, it somewhat impacted the, the outcome of the game. Thirdly, I subscribe to the theory that you were just talking about how we, you know, the whole, like, we can't blame it on one player because, like, all these other players played bad and like the team played bad and we shouldn't be in that position in the regular season, in the regular season. I think, yes, that's a thousand percent correct. Like we can't put it on one player. We can't put it on one specific play because then it's like, Oh, the big, what if like, we don't even know, but I am also a big subscriber of the theory that in the playoffs, you do whatever the fuck it is you do to win games. So I don't care if the Bruins looked good the other night or not good or could have played better. If they put a W on the calendar, I don't care. You only need to win four in a series. I don't care how you get there. I, I think the Bruins could play like shit and win 16 games in the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup, and, and I'd be happy. Like, I would have no regrets about the playoff run if they just stumbled their way through games and found ways to win. That's my theory. I don't need them to play every game great. I think in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you do what it is that you need to do to win. Um, You know, all the do-to-dos. So when it comes to Jeremy Lazan... I see three plays where Jeremy Lazan was a direct cause of New York Islanders goals the other night and go and watch the TikTok. I posted it on the TikTok people. I have proof to back up my claim. He was well, the direct also don't cause forget. Don't forget goals. that he also won us the game at one or saved us the game at one point because he did make a save. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't care. I don't care about that at all. 
I look at I look at I look at Jeremy Lazan, who caused three goals, and I say a million percent the blame is on him and solely on him because take one of those away, totally different mm-hmm. game. We win. Take two of those away, they cover the spread. You know? So well, like, you have to well, you have to take I mean, he wasn't responsible for all of the regulation goals, right? He was responsible for two of them. Two of the regulation ones and one. You would have to take away one of the regulation ones. You couldn't just take away a random one. Because if you take away the overtime one, there's no guarantee that another goal doesn't get scored. Because let's be honest, the Islanders were dominating overtime. Yes. That's yes, the Islanders were definitely you just have that feeling when you're watching overtime hockey when your team doesn't have the majority of the pressure, like fuck, one of these is gonna go in eventually. Right. But we're not in that situation if Jeremy Lazan gets his head out of his ass and doesn't kick pucks into our net and shove his own goalie into the net when there's a loose puck in front and then make a stupid play at the blue line where he tries to be a hero and go cross ice, throw the puck into the skate of his teammate and send the other guy on a breakaway down the ice to win the game. Right. We're just not having this conversation if he just eliminates one of those things from his game. The most okay, so the skate thing, I'd say like oh a tough break, but this is not his first own goal of the playoffs. Jeremy Lazan has put the puck in his own net in this playoff run before. He did it against the Capitals. So it's, come on, you've got to have the wherewithal, especially on the PK. If a cross ice pass is coming your way, to know not to angle your foot to the outside and give it any sort of chance to deflect into the net. I know that people are saying, oh, he didn't see it, whatever. Too bad. You have to see it. You have to have the wherewithal to make sure that if a puck is going to hit your body and it's not a shot, that you are not deflecting it any closer to your net. Like, like you got to clear that puck out. I get that it was a cross ice pass that took a weird bounce off of his skate. But if you are in that bumper position on defense, like Jeremy Lazan on the PK, You've got to just have better awareness. That's my first gripe. My second gripe was with the second goal that he caused was the little scrum in front of the net where Paul Mary ends up scoring the goal. He like scored it from behind the net. Watch. Go back. Yes. Go back and watch what Jeremy Lazan does when that puck is loose in front. I literally think he slams the puck into the net. Like I've gone back and I've watched the replay about a billion times and you can't tell whether it's his stick that puts the puck in the net or if it was just the momentum of the puck. But Jeremy Lazan, I'm going to do a visual example for all of you. Jeremy Lazan, let's say that the net is like here. Tukarask is back here trying to collect himself. Loose puck. Jeremy Lazan comes from over here and just slams his stick into Tuka's pad. <laughs> like, please, someone go back and watch the tape. Why on earth? During a loose puck, are you pushing momentum into the net? You should be pulling it away, if anything. Like I, he like pushed Tuca into the net yeah. with the puck there. I mean, there are definitely certain situations where it call, like it's called for to slowly push the puck up to your goalie. Right. So when you're looking for it. a when you're looking for a faceoff, yes, right. not when the puck you, is loose not, not, in the crease. Well, <laughs> Not in that specific loose in the crease situation, right? Because Tuka had no idea where the puck was. Right. But also because of the how hard he slammed it, right? It's not like a like guys aren't taking full hacks at the puck when they're trying to push it up against their goalie. 
But I mean, like, honestly, at this point, like, Lawson's what minus seven right now in the playoffs. Um, he's been on the ice for seven goals against. I don't know if he's been on oh, for on the ice for seven goals against. He's been okay. on the ice for seven goals against in three games, playing the second fewest minutes of any Bruins defenseman. That alone should tell you that that's this kid needs to get the fuck out. So Jared Tenorti, uh, has played ten playoff games in his entire career. Okay, bunch with Montreal, couple with Nashville. And then one with Boston against Washington. He's got a plus minus of minus five. Okay. So you're telling like, and he only has one point. So, I mean, I think he's been on, it looks like he's been on the ice for like, I don't know, six or seven goals or something. I I, I think that, um, I want to say that he's actually like, but either way, like he's a third pair defenseman you don't expect him to have a stellar plus minus in the playoffs right like you just don't he's got 10 playoff games under his belt why are we not starting the veteran presence boom there it is Lawson it's not like he's showing us that he's capable of changing the game so why would we not go like hell I'd rather have Steven Camper and his one freaking arm out there (laughs) like dude's out with like he's out for the playoffs like he cannot play because of his arm Right. I would rather have Stephen Camper go out there and play one-handed than have Lawson out there right now. I just, I just don't like Jeremy Lazan. Um, I sat in front of his mother at a Bruins Capitals game this year, and she was just annoying. Um, <laughs> not that that has anything to do with his play, but every time he was on the ice, she was like, "Oh my God, Jeremy's on the ice!" Everyone like, "Shh, like, shut the." I get that I do that when Jake DeBrusque is on the ice, but it's different. That's my guy. It, she was just kind of annoying. It's like, we get it. You're fucking, your son is the worst defenseman on the Bruins. Um, congratulations. I'm looking at the goal too. I think it's both on Tuca and on Lazan. Tuca seems to throw the puck into the net. I'm looking at it from a different angle now. <laughs> he seems to literally well, take he, the puck out of his glove and throw it. it. Like, I know, but it, it just it hit off of his glove. It's dude. Look at this. I know I mean, really, we it. just need Kevin Miller back, dude. That's what we really need. Well, he skated today. All right. Yeah, I know that he I skated today. That I, can, I don't know that this is going to work. Craig it's Smith tough. seems like he's going to play in game three, which is which really good. Like, that's the thing. That, you know, we talk about how gut-wrenching this loss was, right? Because it felt – I mean, we were so high going into overtime. We had just scored two straight – Something I didn't notice and didn't realize, I guess I wasn't fully paying attention to who scored when, but my dad pointed it out at the end of the game, all of the goals were scored in the same net. Like on the same end? Like this, all of all, what, seven goals got scored in the same yeah, net. Yeah, they're down the on our net. end. Because, because they scored the first goal in the, or no, did we score first? Yeah, yeah we, we scored the first goal, right? So that was on your end, the end further away from me. It was one nothing right? to the first. Right. So, and then the Islanders in the second period scored three. Then we scored two in the third, and the Islanders scored the game winner. So yeah, literally all of the goal. I was like, there's no, I, like I was, I was like, no, that did not happen. My dad was like, yeah, yeah, it did. I was like, no, they didn't yeah, score. Now that you say it, it did happen. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think that it happened. I was just so like, caught up in everything that was going on in the game 
But, you know, as as awful as the loss feels, I'm more confident than ever that we're going to win this series. And I will tell you. Oh, why. yeah. I mean. No Craig Smith. No Kevin Miller. All six defensemen played like crap. And what did the Islanders do? Give up a two-goal lead and barely beat us in overtime. Right. Like, it took us making a huge mistake in over and having an, a super unlucky play in overtime for them to win the game. And yeah. we were without one of our best top six wingers. And all of our defensemen played like crap. Yeah. Um, That's not going to happen three more times in this series. I'm if not, the Bruins are losing the series at any point again, like I think it'll, it might go even at one point, but if it's, if they are losing the series at any point, I will trim down my beard to back where it used to be, where it was like super small. Cool. I will, to, I will just shave Like I am that confident <laughs> that they won't be le- losing in the series. I would, I would trim it off. I won't shave it off completely. I'm not going, we no, that's not happening, but like, I will trim it all the way down. Oh, wow. I, all right, so yeah, I'm that confident. I'm people were saying after after the game, like a lot of people were reaching out, like, "Are you worried?" Absolutely, the fuck not. I'm not worried. The, losing that game in that fashion, like you said, yeah, it sucks. And I think it's like if we lost that game three one, I'm still not worried. I said okay, so I didn't say it on the podcast because I was trying to be, I wasn't trying to bring negative energy to the podcast. And I was, I said four nothing Bruins was my prediction. But the whole day, my parents were like, who thinks going to win? You know, what's your score? And I said, I don't, I don't feel comfortable answering that because I said, this was my quote, go and ask a million people. I said, if there's any game I think the Bruins lose, it's this one. The Bruins under Bruce Cassidy have not won a game two in the second round yet. The, the Islanders had won eight straight on the, in their last eight playoff series when starting on the road had split them a game apiece. So the Islanders have never in the last eight playoff series they've played and have never been down 2-0 after playing on the road, going back to the Island. So all signs in that aspect kind of pointed to the Bruins losing that game. And I said, I said, it feels like a game that they would lose. It give, it's This series is giving me Columbus vibes right now where you come out and you win a big game one and then you lose game two in overtime. Mm-hmm. But you're still going to have your way with them. They might sneak another game in. My fear, this isn't my fear, but this is my fear, is that the Bruins are going to win this thing in five. That's my prediction. I think they're going to win it in five. Um, I said at the beginning of the series, Bruins in five, maybe six. But I think it's going to be five, unfortunately. And it's unfortunate, Seth, because my girlfriend's prom is that night. Right. And I'm going, obviously. R.I.P. So, and like I was talking, so is there an actual prom happening? Like, is it like an actual, Oh wow. It's a pram. Yeah. It's an actual pram. So I, a, I can't go to the game. B, I can't even watch the fucking game and C, I can't go to game seven. If there is a game seven, because I have graduation. So for the first time ever, Playoff Army is going to be missing two games in a row if it actually the next two games. I mean, granted, I didn't have a date to my prom, but I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I watched the Bruins game because they were in the cup final on when I, my prom. Like, yeah. I, I am 75 percent sure that I watched the Bruins game while you I was probably did. But 
So I was talking my I'm not going to my school's prom, obviously, my girlfriend. Right. Yeah. You're going school. to your girlfriend's going to my girlfriend's prom. Just happens to be on the same night as my school's. So my school oh, is it actually it's the same night. So I'm choosing to obviously because I can't bring guests to mine and she can. So th- oh, no brain. So yeah, like, obviously, obviously, I'm not. Gonna, yeah. But Ferullo and Brownie are going to our school's prom and they are like, oh, we're just going to watch the game on our phones because like they're not going with dates. It's, there's no guests allowed. So they're just gonna, so like lucky them. Lynch is going to the game. I'm assuming you're going. Yes, I am currently. So uh, we will have representation there. Yes. Thankfully. Yes. But um, but I can't go and I can't watch. That's uh, that sucks. If that's, that's a so clinching game, Seth. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be a nervous wreck the whole night, not knowing what's going on, because I don't want to be like, you know, you only have one pram in your lifetime. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to enjoy it. I want to take the pictures. I want to dance and eat whatever. But. If my team has a chance to close, oh, you know what would be even scarier if, if we lose the next two, and it's and they oh need to God. win game five. I don't think that's going to happen, but imagine it's an I, elimination I, I, game, and I'm just oblivious to this whole thing. Oh my God, I can't even think about it right now. Oh man, no, but I don't think it's going to come to. That. I think Bruins in five, which I'll take over like Islanders have the chance to win in five. It's right, a great obviously. series though. Um, I think you win tomorrow night. You gotta come out and you gotta win tomorrow night. You gotta have a strong yeah. showing. Winning in that building is gonna be tough. Taking two from them in New York is gonna be tough. I think, you know, I'd be happy with just taking one. And this series has legs and it has legs, and we just deal with it and we roll with the punches. But I think Bruins will close it out in in five or six probably. I don't see it going seven. But I'm not worried at all. I'm not worried at all. Um, uh, I know a lot of people were after that loss, but like, hey, like, it's. A, I think it is like a it proves like just how resilient and how good this team is. Like they had an off night and they were down by two goals in the third period and they forced overtime. And, you know, if you eliminate mistakes from one individual who God knows why is in the lineup again tomorrow night, you win that game. And it was not your best night. Like imagine what they look like on their best night against this team. Look at game one. They won five to two. So not worried. Bruins in five or six. And uh, and then we'll just deal with whoever the lightning if we have to play against them next or the hurricanes. Yeah, it'd be unreal if we play the hurricanes. There's no, I mean, I don't think they're going to win that series. Like there's no, no. Way to come back. No, especially because they were at home. I think I, I think they'd have a better chance if they lost the first two on the road. Yeah, but going going now you got to win two on the road. Granted. Bruins did it in 2011. Right. Yeah. Crazier things have happened before. That's for sure. Right. So I don't know, but we'll update all of you. Obviously, Um, we were talking about streaming us watching one of the away games, which I think would be a heap of fun. Yeah, that'd be good. I think Saturday night that might be on the table. Not sure. Um, But we're going to try to do that at some point. Obviously, it can't be game five. But (laughs) I don't know. Oh my God! Look who just walked in, everybody. All right, gotta end the podcast. Do it quick before he says anything. <laughs> Seth. Seth, how disappointed were you uh, two nights ago? You were so very time, and then it's just. <laughs> it's I blame you, Ferulo. I blamed you. I can't hear him. He said he blames you. We're at what? the end. So. Me? For what? Yeah. I, uh, I already blamed him. You, uh, what did I blame him for? I was like, for being, yeah, negative energy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
But my negative energy doesn't affect Jeremy Lozon's play. <laughs> we just had a big rant. About I don't Lausanne. even want to go. Yeah, no, was, we can't. We can't. Uh, you know, open. Can't the do it again. No, but yeah, that's all I've got. Let's. Yeah, I don't have it, anything either. Let's hope it's not a clinching situation for either team in Game Five. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, no, I want it to be a clinching situation for the Bruins. Let's be very just get of you to say, Seth. Dude, dude, I don't, I don't want this series to be a, a dance around friggin' like I don't want to be even after the after. New York. I ask for very little. Can I just watch my fucking team win the series? Like I'm not gonna be. It's game five. I'm just, I'm, I'm out. I'm in the dark for game five. Dude, just go outside, like go to a hospital without a mask on, and just like kiss a bunch of random people, and you'll get COVID again, and then you won't have to go to the prom. <laughs> Imagine. No, I got my pram outfit today. It looks sick. Does it? <laughs> what, yeah. what color are you wearing? Well, like, red. what's your red? Okay. <laughs> Dripped out. Is it? I mean, I, I imagine it's just like a normal black tuxedo with a red uh, vest or whatever, right? Yep, you got it right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the old classic prom uniform. Yeah. Why do you follow that kid? He followed me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm distracted. That, that's all I've got for episode 74. Seth, anything else? Oh, I'm, I'm all set. All right. I'm about to go smack Ferulo and ping pong. Love to hear it. Love to hear scheduled. it. I text Ferulo today and I go, I want to play as many ping pong matches as we possibly can tonight. So we're just going to go and just play all night. Love it. Love it. Give me score updates. Oh, everyone will be updated about the score. Trust me. We're keeping <laughs> very, very diligent notes. <laughs> love it alright Seth it's been real everyone thank you so much for listening to episode 74 and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye